there's a voluntary market where a lot of industries, uh, say utilities, manufacturers, retailers, say we want to run on, on, on green gas. We want to be able to say our gas is, is uh, reducing methane and it comes from agricultural gas and all of that. And so we've got a lot more markets than we used to. And even though right now not all of them pay as well as we would like, um, it's it's encouraging to see a broadening market. I reminded a little bit of, you know, if you remember 15, 20 years ago, all of a sudden there were so many places to get wind power and solar power. You know, you could check the box on your power bill and uh, it became very standard to have uh, renewable power. Uh, and everyone was saying, hey, we're running on green power. It's starting to be the same thing now to say we're running on green gas. And a lot more industries are interested in being in the green gas market. And and that's good for those of us that make green gas. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at YosemiteFarmCredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. Pacific Gas and Electric is here to remind you that signs keep you safe. Sections of our natural gas transmission pipeline travel underground and beneath agricultural land. For the safety of you, your family, and your employees, pipeline markers are placed to indicate the approximate location of the pipe as a reminder to use extra care. Removing a pipeline marker creates a serious safety hazard. To have additional markers placed or report damaged or missing markers, please call your PG&E account manager or our Agricultural Customer Service Center at 877-311-3276. To learn more, visit www.pge.com slash agsafety. Remember, signs keep you safe. Hi, and welcome to Seen and Heard. Today, we'll be talking to the CEO of Moss Energy Works, Daryl Moss, about something new that Moss Energy has been working on, as well as what the future of the market looks like. So let's get into it. Also, there will be no market update for this episode, so we will catch up with Tiffany next week. Alrighty, Daryl. So can we start by talking a little bit about what the market is looking like? Sure. Uh, market for dairy digesters has gone through a really interesting cycle where uh, 10 years ago, it was a pie in the sky and nobody believed it would work. And two years ago, it was going to be a gold rush and uh, everybody was building digesters. I think we're in a little bit more of a mature stage now where uh, there's it's been some cooling off. The prices for uh, the gas we create are not as high. And so there is a uh, for the first time in probably five years, there's a bit of a pause where people are still building digesters, but I think some of the froth has come out of the market. You know, For a while, uh, it seemed like there was a new company entering the market every month. There was people raising money. There was people going public with SPACs you know, and all these other things where the industry was just really uh, becoming uh, uh, financially very uh, 
explosive, I guess you'd say. And so now the industry is still very good. I think it's becoming mature. It's becoming very normal for dairy to, dairies to have a digester. Uh, but we are seeing some of the more speculative projects, some of the more complicated ones or the ones that maybe were uh, not well thought out. Some of those projects are, are stalling and maybe won't get built. Uh, but uh, but nonetheless, I think it's we're also maturing. We're getting better at what we do as an industry uh, and the number of projects has gone way up. So there's a lot more experience in the industry. So with everything going on with the credits, do you believe the market has a strong future? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, up until now, the, the market has been driven by California low carbon fuel standard credits and then also a federal RIN credit. And that's been the entire market because that's the best market in the United States for how to sell cow gas. Um, what's changed now is that we're getting a much broader market. So even though it's disappointing to see the California price fall, there's a lot of things still pushing the right direction. And they're not going to turn things around instantly, but, uh, but there are a lot of things moving. I'll, I'll take you through them. For starters, California is going through a rulemaking under the LCFS uh, that will take effect next January. And there are multiple things that they're going to do that will probably shore up the price for the LCFS credits in the medium term to long term. Uh, they're going to, for example, require aviation fuel to now offset its carbon emissions, and they're going to accelerate the degree to which fuel providers have to buy credits uh, to lower their carbon intensity. They're doing a lot of things that will probably help us out here in California. But more importantly, uh, a lot of other states are adopting similar programs. A lot of the blue states, uh, Washington and Oregon, already have uh, clean fuel standards. Uh, New Mexico, New York are, are moving pretty decisively. Even states like Minnesota uh, are working on programs. So what we're seeing is a broadening of the market where we're not just reliant on one single California program. And if that program goes away, you know, our industry goes away. Uh, rather, now there's multiple states that are saying we want to... Uh, we want to mandate that fuel blends in low carbon fuel in our states. And then additionally, there's a voluntary market. You know, you get away from the states that want to uh, uh, encourage carbon fuels through regulations. There's a voluntary market where a lot of industries, uh, say utilities, manufacturers, retailers, say we want to run on, on, on green gas. We want to be able to say our gas is, is uh, reducing methane and it comes from agricultural gas and all of that. And so we've got a lot more markets than we used to. And even though right now not all of them pay as well as we would like, um, it's it's encouraging to see a broadening market. I reminded a little bit of, you know, if you remember 15, 20 years ago, all of a sudden there were so many places to get wind power and solar power. You know, you could check the box on your power bill and uh, it became very standard to have uh, renewable power. Uh, and everyone was saying, hey, we're running on green power. It's starting to be the same thing now to say we're running on green gas. And a lot more industries are interested in being in the green gas market. And and that's good for those of us that make green gas. Definitely. So you kind of already touched on it a little bit, but can you summarize a little bit more um, on benefits of a digester? Sure. Uh, for a dairy producer, the benefit, uh, the first one, of course, is a diverse income stream. Uh, you know, you're selling milk and, you know, and in California, a lot of us are in trees or whatever else. But on the dairy itself, milk is still your, your main line of business, that and maybe calves or beef, right? Uh, but with digesters, you're getting a second line of income that is not related to corn prices or milk prices or anything else. Uh, and so that income stream can be in a couple of different ways. A lot of our clients own 100% of the digester entirely themselves as a farm asset, and we operate it for them and develop it for them. So they're going to receive that income directly in the form of selling cow gas and getting the revenue from credits. Some of our other producers uh, have chosen for us to put in the funding and build the project 
and then we share profits with them or pay them a royalty. Uh, in either event, there's a revenue stream, uh, which can be significant. Uh, and uh, depending on how it's structured, it can be large or it can be done at no cost or no risk to the farmer. Uh, so we're, we're glad to see that happening. And obviously that really helps farms uh, ride out highs and lows in the, in the milk market. Then you get some other benefits, which are not quite as monetary, but we, you do get a uh, reduced air emissions profile. So you're capturing all these methane emissions, which helps you in multiple ways. Um, it helps you with the state when you're trying to talk about uh, moving your design around, uh, building a new dairy somewhere that there hasn't been a dairy before, consolidating old dairies. You know, they, they really like to see whatever it is you're doing with your dairy. If you can say that part of your plan is mitigating air emissions, it just makes the, the air districts and the counties much happier. Uh, and it also is good for the uh, the purchaser side, the milk processor side, more and more they're asking questions about where does the milk come from and what's the environmental footprint of the dairy. And uh, that market is still shaking out, but it certainly is becoming more high profile to be able to talk about how the dairy is managed. And then finally, you do get some water quality benefits as well. We're typically building new uh, tier one double line ponds, uh, which not every dairy has in California. So we're, we're bringing them up to uh, the highest spec, the latest spec. Uh, and once again, we're, we're often adding storage, we're often improving things on the dairy so that when the, the dairy goes into the county uh, or to the water board, they're going to have been brought up to the latest standards. And that always helps uh, when you're negotiating with the water board over whatever it is you're trying to do on the dairy. So there's that environmental side that helps as well. And, uh, and we think we put those together. There are some additional benefits like um, you can add a technology on the back of a digester to treat your water and do nutrient recovery. Um, we have been cautious in those areas, but I think over time, as producers try to find different ways to use water and to manage nutrients, uh, digesters will probably become a tool that assists them uh, in that area as well. Got it. So you guys are working on a new project, deploying CNG feeling stations. Can you give a rundown on what that's going to look like? Absolutely. So uh, up until now, uh, most cow gas, in fact, almost all cow gas, gets delivered into a pipeline and then gets shipped to somewhere else into a CNG fueling station that is a compressed natural gas fueling station. You know, typically that's in Los Angeles somewhere to run a fleet of uh, UPS trucks or garbage trucks or something like that. And that's fine um, and it works great, but we have to share a certain amount of revenue with those CNG stations and uh, not all the benefits are local. You know, there are some local, you know, uh, Western Milling has put up a great uh, fuel station down there in Goshen uh, near the 99. Uh, but for the most part, there's not a lot of CNG infrastructure in the valley. And so you have a chicken or the egg problem where if, uh, if I want to drive around CNG trucks, I don't have any stations to go to or very few stations. And if I want to build a CNG station, well, there's not enough CNG trucks in the valley to justify it. And so what typically happens is a long period of negotiations where you have to build a very expensive, very slow, very large investment CNG station. And you can only do it if you can get hundreds of trucks to agree to fuel there. And I applaud those who have done that, but it's a slow process. And so what we're doing is uh, we're, we've rolled out some new technology that we can build some very lightweight and small CNG stations that we can put on dairies, uh, on small uh, trucking yards, uh, at crossroads where uh, people need to fuel up. And so we're really excited to be able to deploy a much cheaper and lighter weight fueling infrastructure that we think will help the uh, Central Valley have a lot more places so that producers and, and operators of trucking fleets can then adopt CNG fueling. So what we're trying to do is essentially solve that chicken or the egg problem 
by uh, us going forward and putting in the fueling stations uh, ahead of time or in, in locations where people would find it convenient. So you, you don't have to drive to Fresno to fuel up your CNG truck. You can, you can do it on the farm or somewhere nearby. That sounds really what cool. That does, yeah, what it does, it also not only does it make the fuel available, but also it keeps the revenue in the community. So instead of us paying to use a fueling station in Berkeley and essentially uh, having to give away some of the value of our cow gas, that stays right in the community where we are now using gas created on, on farms to fuel trucks that service the ag sector all right there in, in a circular economy. So it's something we've wanted to do for a long time. And there's been a few places that have done it, but it is a, it's a slow process up until now. And we think the secret is that we can call up, uh, we can talk to any dairy producer that has CNG trucks or might need them or any uh, truck fleet, you know, five, 10, 15 trucks. It doesn't have to be big. And we can, at no cost, bring in a fueling station and have it there in five months, something like that, uh, completely different than the traditional model. And let's say if you've got a, a fueling fleet, if you have trucks, uh, if you, especially if you have CNG trucks or you're interested in helping uh, us working with you to get some CNG trucks, we can be fueling you very quickly with, with no long-term commitment to fuel, with no need to build a fueling station. And I think that's going to really move the needle on uh, getting some uh, self-reliant ag fuel in the valley. What do you think the timeline looks like on this? When do you think you guys will have them out and going? Our first couple stations should be out this summer. Uh, we've already placed the orders on those, and we, we have more coming behind them. Um, so uh, we'd like to deploy you know, five, six of these a year at least um, and, and start spreading them around. So I would say this summer we'll have our first couple, and uh, maybe by this fall a couple more. And, uh, and be able to fuel. We already have the fuel, right? We're already making CNG. Uh, we just have to have the equipment to dispense it into the vehicles. And then we need the relationships to, to reach out to people in the ag sector uh, that would like to run their vehicles on CNG. You know, CNG uh, is a lot less expensive than diesel. It doesn't pay a lot of the taxes that diesel does. And it's just a matter of developing the infrastructure uh, to get it in there. Got it. So is there anything else you'd like to leave the producers with before we wrap this up? Uh, no, I just think uh, I just love the way dairy digesters create a win-win for everybody. You know that uh, we, the dairy sector, has been able to to benefit from from uh, this 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 gas that we can create with with manure that farmers already have, and so we just see uh, fueling CNG trucks as the next step uh, that the industry could uh, could fuel itself, uh, can not have to buy diesel, and uh, can be self-reliant. So uh, we love it. We love getting the opportunity to generate more value uh, from agriculture. And uh, we're just really grateful to the way that dairy communities embrace this technology and, and work with us and others to uh, make this happen. Awesome. Well, thank you, Daryl, for your time. Thank you, Allison. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Are you tired of hearing that the main way to save water is fallowing? Are you tired of seeing articles about how alfalfa and corn waste water? At Common Good Water, we combine the best-in-class subsurface drip system and precision crop management services, including pest control. Our verification program qualifies for public funding, and we want to help you continue farming in California. Contact your groundwater sustainability agency and ask how you can work with Common Good Water. Visit commongoodwater.com.
Thanks again, Daryl, for coming on the podcast, and thank you to those who are listening. If you would like to get notified when a new episode releases, go ahead and subscribe. Everyone have a great week. Thank you to the Western United Dairy's generous business sponsors, The Morning Star Company, Holt of California, Farm Credit Alliance, PG&E, Arata, Swingle, Van Egmond and Goodwin Law Offices, Yosemite Farm Credit, F&R Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, California Dairy Magazine, Bennett Environmental, and Common Good Water. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. While Western United Dairies respects the varied views of our guests, please note that the opinions expressed in the Seen and Heard podcast may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors or our sponsors. If you would like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. 